Welcome to the You Have a Body podcast. Two broads talking broadly about health. The physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual, and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to You Have a Body Podcast, episode 69, Surviving the Holiday Season. Ooh. I'm one of your hosts, Hannah Whitevin, owner of Sulcana Fitness. And I'm your host, Lucia Holly, nutritional therapy practitioner and owner of EssentialOmnivore.com. What's up? Oh, the holidays. They have arrived. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, by the time you hear this ep, it'll be the week of Thanksgiving. Delicious. Yes, delicious, but also <laughs> crazy. Little, I feel like it was just August. Yeah, it's a little stressful. Fall has come and gone. Yeah, we're it's flirting, gone. We're flirting with snow, mostly just cold weather and wind. Yeah. And um, for all of our our tropical listeners, <laughs> let me tell you, it, it's real balmy and cold up here. It's so cold. <clears throat> but, um, you know, that's just... I always feel silly complaining about that because legit, like, we're choosing to live here. It's true. <laughs> but it's also a great um, way to connect with everyone. It's true. We all complain the Minnesota weather is, like, how people talk. Yeah, it's a conversation starter forever and ever. An ender, really. An ender, yep. Yep. It's, the, it's like, 100% of the conversation Minnesotans have, oh, so. How was your week? Uh, pretty good. Um, last night I started the 28-hour improv marathon at Huge Theater. Cool. Which is crazy. So I'll be over there later today because it's there's improv going on right now. Yeah. It's like 930 in the morning and we're recording. There was improv going on when I woke up at 430 to come to work. Like, Jeez. There was improv going on while you were sleeping. So when did it start yesterday? Though? 8 p.m. And it goes until midnight, midnight tonight. Gotcha. So, yeah. Pretty fun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then this past weekend. Um, nothing crazy. That's awesome. Nothing too crazy. I mean, I had a <laughs> lot to great. do, but it was nothing crazy. Sounds good. But I'm getting a tattoo tomorrow. Are you? I am. Oh my gosh. Can you divulge information about it? Uh, well, no. Okay. I'm going to leave it a surprise. Okay, cool. Maybe I'll, I'll post a pic on the podcast page next week. <laughs> we'll, link, we'll link to it or yeah, get yeah, the pic up there. Cool. Yeah. So the, it's like a four hour session tomorrow. So we'll see. Can I ask if the artist is Emily Robinson? Cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Also a wonderful person that we should link to. She'd be fun to have on here. Yeah. yeah. Talking about tattoos. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like getting more information. I'm always curious. I've done a little research about like the inks that are used or what like the toxicity level is like. People have asked me that before, and I don't really have a good answer. Yeah. It might be cool to hear kind of her opinion on this stuff. Anyway, cool. Yeah. That's super exciting, mm -hmm. Hannah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm like, it's going to be my first visible tattoo. Okay, cool. Yeah. So. Yay. And you got your other Taking one? Taking the plunge. About a year ago. Yeah, like right? a year and a few months. Okay. Yeah. So, cool. like, July of 2016. <sighs> once you break the seal, you know, like, once your skin is, is inked, and all of a sudden it's a lot more appealing to get it inked again. Gotta get it inked up. <laughs> What can I say? Ayo. So today we're talking about holiday survival, and I feel like this is something that is, I I talk about every single year, because every single year we forget what it's going to be like, and then we remember, and we freak out, and we're like, how the heck am I going to get through that? Yeah. And it's always good to remind ourselves of the main, like, tips, keys, bits of advice that you can take to go into this upcoming season, because it really is a season. It's like straight up six weeks of holidays, and that can be very difficult. 
I think that can be one of the just a big mind shift changes is to say that yeah it's going to be about a month and a half of a different schedule it's not just maybe two holidays thanksgiving and whatever else you might celebrate it's gonna be different exactly exactly and really even if you don't celebrate it like everybody else is is doing stuff Mm -hmm. and just inviting you to stuff and you know making you food and all that and then you know after christmas ends or hanukkah ends there's still new year's coming around the corner and then after that there's still like all the makeup holiday parties that businesses always have, they always have their holiday parties in January. Yeah. And then there's like all these happy hours and it's just a lot. And it can start to feel like your life isn't normal anymore until February. It's a lot from all arenas. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then Super Bowl, right? Apparently that's the Yeah, thing. the Super Bowl is coming <laughs> and it's coming here and it's coming February 4th. Yeah. So that's a big also event for uh, just a ton of people too. Yeah. No. Yeah. So what do you even do? How do you approach this holiday? Like wh- how do you get through it? Yeah. Um, I think you and I came up with our top five tips. Yeah, we or, got some hot tips for you. Yeah. And then on top of that, we have some uh, listener questions that came in that we can talk about. And you want to start? We will. Yeah, I can start. Um, I feel like my five tips are very broad and general because I feel like in years past, I've tried to have them be kind of specific or more like food centric. And that's fine, but also maybe like a good handful of the people who are listening already might know kind of the ins and outs of like, if I eat a green bean, that's going to feel better than like 15 slices of pie. But like, let's talk about... 15 slices of pie, Lucia. I mean, six weeks, man. That's not... not, Oh, over the course of six weeks. um, I was like, you have a crazy Thanksgiving. Well, could be one day too. But oh yeah, but seriously, but that's what we're thinking about is like... A set amount of time where, just like you were saying, there are lots of parties, there's lots of celebrations, uh-huh. there might be different, like, families or families that have, like, multiple ways of celebrating and co-workers and people often have more than one job, so multiple sets of co-workers and blah, 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 all that. So my ideas and tips are more general. So my first one is stay in the present moment. So every meal that you're eating, whether it's Thanksgiving like the dinner of Thanksgiving or it's breakfast that day or it's breakfast the Monday after, whatever, and that's Cyber Monday and that's a whole other arena too. Every meal and situation is completely new and just for you. Hey. I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) There you go. Right? Yeah. So if you find yourself like spinning out of control and fretting about a meal, I'm going to invite people to take a couple deep breaths, move your belly when you're taking those deep breaths. Don't do pseudo deep breaths. Take a couple of deep breaths and notice, what do I want right now? And that's okay. And if you do that a couple of different times throughout the day or the season or whatever, those needs and desires are going to change. And that's okay, too. So that's my first tip. Hopefully that made sense. That's a great first tip. Okay, cool. You want uh, you know, my tip number one? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, okay. So I think a lot of people travel for the holidays. Um, and even if you don't travel, it sometimes can feel like you're traveling because you, your schedule is so wrong. You almost can't like find your routine. Mm -hmm. So what I would say that this is sort of opposite of general, mine are very, very specific. So, uh, uh, even ahead of time, if you're, if you know, you're going to be off of your usual thing, even if that means you're still in town, but you are not doing your regular schedule, you should make a plan because 
there's a few different aspects. Number one, if you don't work out during the holidays, there's the guilt aspect. You feel guilty and bad about yourself and shamed for not working out during that time. You don't need to by any means. You should feel totally validated by taking the time off that you need to take off. But there can be like some really deep guilt that comes along with that. Um, there's also generally if you work out regularly and then you switch to not working out all of a sudden during the holidays, you might feel really low energy. You might feel really irritable and testy and you have a hard time regulating your sleep and you're having a hard time regulating your behavior even. Um, you know, working out does a lot for your hormones, does a lot for your system, does a lot for your metabolism. You might be feeling sluggish and just kind of overall junky if you don't work out. So to avoid those things, the first thing I would say is set a very specific goal ahead of time. So if you know it's going to be like one month of craziness, give yourself a goal of, for example, I'm going to get, I'm going to work out eight times this month or this whatever, this period that I'm going to be busy. I'm going to work out eight times on these eight days at these eight times and set your clothes out ahead of time. Like make it as easy as possible. Um, when I go to my parents' house, if I'm going to go for more than three days at a time, I try to every time, I shouldn't even say I try to because I just do this now. It's become a routine. I pick how many days during that five days or four days or whatever that I'm going to work out. I try to pick something I know is practical. Like if I'm going to be there for five days, I'm going to say, I'm going to work out twice. That's pretty practical. I know I can do twice versus what happens to most people is they're like, oh, I'm going to work out every day. And then they won't, you know, because it's too vague. It's too difficult. So say you're going to work out twice. Pick the times that you're going to do it and how you're going to do it. So maybe you say, oh, I'm going to work out once at a gym, like I'm going to drop it in a gym, uh, and once at home. Great. Then pack exactly that many outfits, and when you get there, set them out. That sounds like it's a, a smart goal. It does sound like a smart goal, what right? Is specific, measurable, achievable, achievable, relatable? No. <laughs> time? There's one that's, I think T is time domain or something. Smart goal. <laughs> We talked about this like one episode. I think we did. Like for episode sure. one, but now I've forgotten like, <laughs> what it is. Um, Smarkle. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Specific, measurable, achievable, results focused, mm. and time bound. Perfect. The only thing I would take out is results focused. The result, or the result but, only being that you did, you achieved what you wanted. Right. The result which is that you got to work out. Yeah. In this case, is that you, yeah, did what you intended to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That which is a huge did, result. Yeah. It's very different right. than saying, I'm going to work out, just like you said, five times over the course of five days. Yeah. And then there's no actual kind of boundaries around what that means to achieve that. Yeah. Because if that's the goal, the workout could be that you, like, <laughs> you walked your bedroom or you walked around the block yeah or that you did like a crazy heavy lifting session in a gym that you dropped in right but you don't know unless you said it exactly yeah and like for example and just in my own anecdotal life um when josh and i went to hawaii we were there for like 14 days and before we went i said i was gonna work out all the time and then we ended up um excuse me pd just wagged his whole body just like a little reindeer um I told myself I'd work out all the time, and then we ended up having an Airbnb that was next to a CrossFit gym, and I went there zero times Mm -hmm. because I was like, oh, I'll go tomorrow, or oh, I'll go tomorrow, or then we would plan something around it, and I would be like, oh, there's that thing happening, so it didn't work. 
when we went to Portland uh, just a couple weeks ago, we were there for six days, and we went to the gym twice because I had set it out ahead of time. I told the people that we were going to come stay with, I want to work out once on Friday and once on Monday while we're there. And then I would like to go hiking twice. Um, so we went hiking three times, so we got a bonus hike. Yeah. Uh, and we went to two different gyms, and the, they were the two gyms that I had wanted to visit. And I felt like it was part of my trip because mm-hmm. I had planned on it and I knew it. So those days were, you know, I had structured time in for that, and it wasn't just like a random And you could be present during it, too. You could enjoy the workouts and then enjoy the flexibility of not working out and not fretting, like, oh, I'm not doing that thing that I kind of told myself I should be doing. Yeah, and guess what? People went with me because it's when people are drawn to, like, I think people are drawn to folks who have structure and goals and things that they want to do. You know, we're all happy to, like, jump onto somebody else's plan so we don't have to make a plan. So if you tell your family members, like, I'm going to go at this time during this day, you might find that someone's like, I'll go with you and do something on the treadmill or whatever they're, they're going to do. Yep. You might end up having company. And then maybe you have some, like, bonding time with that person. Aww. Go to coffee afterwards. That can be so useful during the holidays, too, because the holidays, for as much as it is touted as being this time where people are really together and you're seeing more people and you're really connecting and bonding, often, I think by, like, halfway through the season, people start to remember oh this is actually a season where I start to feel really isolated yes because I'm having to bop around to all these different or have all these different expectations put on me there isn't that time for that deeper sit down or yeah. like actual time spent together because it's all more surface level and just because you're with your family doesn't mean that you're with your family right mm-hmm. so like finding time to hang out with one member of your family could be really and is in an environment where you feel like you have some control or you feel excited about it yeah. something you like to do right so that, I think, was a beautiful tip that ties into that first one. Just, like, let's be present, and then you can be, like, specific around how you're being present. Yeah, right? exactly. Kind of showing up for yourself. So um, my second tip is, and this one actually is more specific, and it's about food because I probably should say something about food. Um, if you're going to an event, and part of that event is that you're bringing a dish, I'm going to encourage anyone to bring a dish that you love, that you don't mind having a second, or third serving of and I don't mean like a, a pot of steamed Brussels sprouts <laughs> okay I mean a dish that you actually love that you're excited to share with other people and that you're excited about whether it fits into your nutrition style or you know your joints aren't going to ache the day after you eat it or you eat a couple servings however it fits into your parameters bring that because I think that is going to help set up um, like the continuation of that first goal of mm-hmm. staying present where you're not fretting about all other dishes or maybe you are but that can be lessened by the fact that you have this go-to that is kind of sacred and sweet and joy producing for you yeah because 100%. Ideally, ideally holidays are a time of like pleasure and enjoyment and sharing yeah so I think that's that's a good tip because then if you're somebody who likes to cook or you like to share your food with people, then you can introduce to people some of the things that you've been eating. Like, I think, you know, doing the essential you, um, I learned a lot of different recipes to sort of act as replacements of things I normally eat, not in a way that they're like diet versions, but in a way that they just use whole ingredients to create the same flavors. And like, for example, I made sloppy joes for Josh a couple weeks ago. And he was like, these are the best Sloppy Joes I've ever had. And they were like a paleo version of Sloppy Joes. Um, but really, the only difference is I didn't use like sugar ketchup. Yep. 
you know, and I sweetened it with dates instead. Yeah, yeah. And everyone really enjoyed it. And I, you know, shared it with lots of people. So you can bring your own version of something like you can bring your own stuffing maybe or you bring your own side dish or whatever you're bringing to the party. You can bring a dessert that's sweetened with a sweetener that you feel comfortable with. Like maybe you're more cool with maple syrup or honey and you can make a, uh, some sort of sweet treat and then share it with other people and show them the enjoyment that you're getting from it as well. And that's always really a good feeling. Yeah. And again, if, if cooking isn't your thing, then maybe this, because it is a holiday season and there is more special stuff going on, you're opting to choose a dish that you enjoy picking up from a store that is more special, that maybe isn't in your pantry every week, but is one that you know is your go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that can just help set the tone of feeling more relaxed from a food perspective and also giving yourself that flexibility where it's not about necessarily the fats or the proteins or tracking macros and all that cool cool that's great not a problem but just having it come back to sharing and being there with other people while you're feeling more relaxed yeah because that's gonna I think help people bond yeah and if you relax you're gonna slow down Mm -hmm. and if you slow down like, all sorts of good things happen. Yeah. You'll enjoy your food more. You'll notice when you're full faster. You're less likely to overeat. You're less likely to feel uncomfortable. You're less gonna, likely to have digestive issues later. You're going to feel like you. Yeah, exactly. Cool. All right, yeah, I got a hot tip number two. Mm-hmm. Mine, mine all kind of wrap up into each other, but... Cool. Uh, so when you're leaving and setting these specific goals for your workouts, I would also recommend that you write your workouts ahead of time. Mm. So for, particularly if you're not a coach... Um, like as a coach, it's easy for me to go to a gym or go to a facility or even go to my parents' basement and quick jot down a workout that I can do. Mm-hmm. But if you're not a coach and that's not something you're really accustomed to, you should definitely plan ahead. Um, you know, you can look up. There's so many free workouts available online and you can just take whatever you want, but take it ahead of time. Plan it ahead of time. Even if that means writing down like I'm going to go to this X and X CrossFit gym or whatever and I'm going to do the workout they give me. Even writing that down for yourself will help hold you accountable to it. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. And then make them fun and make them a time duration that you can manage. Right. If that means 15 minutes, if it means an hour, whatever. Make it a time duration that you can manage and make them different. So so you're not just going downstairs and punishing yourself in your parents' basement. Make them special. Three days in a row. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the holiday. So here are your three holiday workouts that you yep. do in one week. Exactly. Cool. I love that. I think that's awesome. Um, my next tip. What are your other lifestyle buffers? So if we're thinking about Thanksgiving in particular, whether your Thanksgiving is at 2 p.m. or 5 p.m. or 8 p.m. or whatever, what else can you do during that day that's going to help buffer those choices and make you feel more relaxed during that kind of like uh, bigger showtime meal. So can you hydrate? Can you start that day off and say, all right, I know I feel better when I drink more water or when I hit this certain amount of water. Maybe that's what you typically do. But can I keep that structure in place or put a little bit of focus towards that so I feel prepped by the time where I'm probably going to have a larger meal that's probably going to have more sugar or more kind of funky or unknown ingredients if it's from food that other people's cooking. Um, Can you take your supplements, right? Do you know you do better with a digestive enzyme at most meals? Great. Can you bring that supplement to Thanksgiving because that's a bigger meal that you're going to have? Can you double up on the enzymes maybe? Um, Can you go out and breathe some fresh air or go be out in nature? That feels really grounding. Can that happen before the meal, after the meal? Um, this is something that I think you and I have spoken out before. 
let's say you had that Thanksgiving meal. It's big. It's glorious. It's a bigger influx of calories than you're used to. Remember that calories are just a measurement of energy. So can you do something with all that extra energy that you've provided yourself with? The next day, again, not as a form of punishment, right? But recognizing that your body's going to send you signals of like, "Yo, <laughs> I am my my like stores, my tanks are full." Yeah, use that's them up. a great day to like max out your back squat. <laughs> totally, right? <laughs> I always say that I'm like, come into the gym and just like lift the heaviest <laughs> thing you want because your body is so primed. Squats giving. Yeah, yeah. particularly because normally we're so undernourished when we get to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, for you know people that come straight after work, they haven't eaten for like four or five hours, and they might be drinking like a hundred calorie freaking protein shake or something, grabbing a Lara bar. Mm -hmm. This is like, you know, filling your stores all the way up and then the next day kind of returning to normalcy but having all this like leftover energy. Oh, so glorious. Yeah. So yeah, can you just kind of relish? Yeah. Enjoy the feed. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Um, And think about it like how other athletes might prepare for kind of like a event, right? They're going to try to get more energy in so they're really ready for that next day so maybe part of that gym planning is saying all right thanksgiving got my food stuff down on thursday friday is one of those scheduled workout days where Mm -hmm. you are really specific and you're saying this is what i'm gonna do and i might maybe push myself a little bit knowing that my tanks are full up yeah and i'm gonna feel really good during that workout yeah um the other idea and again there could be so many variations and kind of how you're buffering around these meals but just like the water, can you increase vegetables, whether they're raw or cooked, right? Can you increase those stores of minerals and nutrients during other meals of the day? So the breakfast during Thanksgiving, can you steam some green beans and have them with your eggs or make a hash and throw in an extra like handful of kale? What can you do to keep building yourself up? Right. Instead of thinking along the lines of, well, I think most people think, oh, I'll just skip breakfast or I won't eat anything or I'll eat a really, really small breakfast. You don't have to do that. Like, that in the overall, your one day, your one meal isn't really going to be what's throwing you off track of your, like, fitness goals or your body goals. Yeah. Uh, and you might be setting yourself up for disaster by not eating in the morning. If you're normally a person who eats every morning and eats lunch and then eats dinner, like, you know, this most is, people, yeah. then it's not the day to start doing something like intermittent fasting all of a sudden. Right. Your body might not react well. You might really overeat during that last meal, or you might actually feel not hungry enough, and then you'll be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and that's no fun. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's a huge tip is don't try to introduce some new variable into this time of the year where there's a lot of where there's less structure yeah. that you're used to because workouts are off or you're It's traveling. just going to stress you out. Yeah. And you're going to be hangry at your family and then like the whole morning you're just going to be a jerk and no one's going to want to hang out with you. Right. Just eat some dang breakfast. Throw some beans on top. <laughs> and if you're used to fasting and that's something that you do, then like, cool. I think that can be, it can be a useful tool. Um, but if it's coming from more of that reward and punishment perspective instead of kind of like, oh, giving my body a break. My body isn't stressed out. I can kind of let it... Um, downregulate a bit and then like upregulate with the food if that's not something you're used to doing yeah don't throw it in now because that's just gonna feel like crap yeah it really is um yeah my tip number three is boundaries boundaries keep your boundaries make them clear and defined with your family and friends yeah make them for yourself and then stick to them heartily and have no regrets about it. Um, I think this will come up, you know, this already came up in a, a bunch of listener questions, but people talking about politics at the holidays. Uh, just like if, you know, you're 
uncle tries to goad you into talking about you don't have to engage in that stuff and you can set a clear and firm boundary right then in there or even beforehand if you want to if you see your old uncle and you're like hey uncle bill uh i have a feeling we might be talking about just an fyi i'm not gonna participate this year in that conversation um they might laugh it off a little bit and think you're joking but you're not you're not joking and that's as long as you make it clear and you stick to it, then you don't have to engage in any of that. And it's the same with like your workout stuff. If you know that you do better, that you function better, that you're a nicer person, that you're more, that you feel happier if you get your workout in, then you should set a boundary and stick to it. Like if you're going to get up at nine and you're going to do a workout from 9.30 to 10.30, then nobody's allowed to bother you during that time. And if they do, you need to tell them they're, they're bothering you and breaking your boundary. Like, no niece or nephew gets to come down to their area. Nobody gets to tell you that you're being a bad family member by leaving, like, in going to the gym. You do what you want to do. You set the boundaries. Tell everybody what it's going to be ahead of time and then stick to it. You are the boss. And also, with being around family that much more during the holidays, I think for a lot of us, it can put us back into feeling like there's a like the older hierarchy of being a kid mm-hmm. and not being an adult. Yeah. And then a lot of us subconsciously having to, not having to, but subconsciously going back into those paradigms and kind of frameworks of interacting with family members. So really, yeah, being able to approach good old Uncle Bill, who's yeah. always going to bring up what you don't want to talk about, but really recognizing, yeah, I'm walking into this room as an adult. Yeah, and, and, and adults have exactly. boundaries. Take and yourself out of victim mode because that is what's making you feel out of control. Like, I frequently, frequently around this time of year, people will say, oh, like, I just, you know, I wanted to do that thing, but then, you know, this person said this, and this person needed this from me, and it doesn't, you're not a saint. You're not a martyr by doing things that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not better than anyone or, you know, <laughs> you're not better than anyone by not keeping your own boundaries, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely, you should step in and say, this is what I want to do and this is my time constraints. And people generally will respect them if you say what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently went to Nashville with my my family for my sister-in-law's bachelorette party, which I knew was going to be, like, nonstop spending time with this group of nine women, which for me, like, I need to have introvert time. Like, I need to be home and be able to just collect myself. Well, if I don't have an opportunity for that, it has to come in and work out. It just has to. Even if that means, like, going for a walk, Mm -hmm. it's still time for just me. So I planned to get up and go for a run from, like, 9 to 11 the Saturday morning that we were there. I told everybody before we left. And on Saturday morning when I woke up and everyone wanted to go to breakfast, I said, I'm going for my run. And they were like, oh, okay, yeah. Because I had already planned it. Yeah. And I told them. And right. it was clear. And yeah. no one felt like, I, I didn't feel guilty. They didn't feel guilty for not going because I didn't even invite them. I just left. Right, right. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, it's good for everybody if you hold your boundaries. Totally. And, like, what a cool, it's so tough in the moment, but, like, when that does happen, what a cool example to be, cre- like, you're creating that energy in the moment. So hopefully that next year at Thanksgiving or next week when you see your family again or whatever there's going to be I feel like that can just kind of um, have a snowball effect yeah and I think it's hard too with family because like parents well not just parents but family can really add a lot of pressures that you don't get elsewhere Mm 
Um, and we fall into these just standard routines of how we interact with each other. But yeah. you get to change it. You know, just because nobody else is changing doesn't mean you can't. Yep. Totally. And, and you might actually facilitate somebody else setting and reinforcing their boundaries by doing it yourself. Exactly. Like, maybe your grandma hasn't wanted to talk about, like... Politics is so Yeah, real. politics or whatever for, <laughs> for so long, but she feels like she has to. Mm-hmm. Totally. And same goes for food and nutrition. So if someone is giving you, um, is talking a lot about the food that's on your plate or the food that might not be on your plate oh, or the drink that my is... My whole or, life on Thanksgiving. The food that isn't or is in your... Or you, the beverages too food and beverage okay it's early it's not early it's tough though um eyes on your own plate so set that example and set those boundaries there right um i think that can be really tricky because a lot of people are using the food specifically as a bonding tool or as being incredibly nostalgic and getting kind of butt hurt if that is no longer part yeah. of your nostalgia or yeah. doesn't fit into your paradigm. So just remembering that, like, whatever someone's kind of throwing at you energy-wise, it's typically about them and what's going on for them. And Always. Not about you. Always. So And it can be really hard in the moment, um, especially if someone gives you pushback when you say, oh, this is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Or like, oh, thanks for recognizing that, but fill in the blank. If they give you that little bit of pushback, I bet if you say it one more time, they're going to leave you alone. And that can be so much, I think, from their part, just a, a reaction that isn't, they're not being thoughtful in how they're reacting. Yeah. Um, so next tip will be consider your top three. So with this, maybe what are the top three healing foods you'd like to emphasize in your holidays? What are the three foods that make you just feel like you're more you, whatever that might be, whether it's like a superfood, like some bee pollen, if you're into that stuff, or whether it's just knowing like a cup of greens sometime during the day feels really um, settling and good for you, bring those in. Same thing, make it smart, uh, smart, make it measurable and attainable and achievable. Yeah, have your power breakfast, (laughs) have your favorite snack, have your thing that you like Right. That build helps build your normal routine that'll keep you a little bit more focused on what you want. Yeah. And on the flip side, what are maybe the top three foods that you know just really don't make you feel good and that you're really comfortable not bringing in during the holidays, but you know that little crack might shine through when someone is trying to hand you a plate of it. Right. So for me and my example, there are tons of foods that I will eat um, during special events. But the one that is just like, not it's a no-brainer at this point, and it has been for a decade, is gluten. Because gluten makes me feel so inherently not like myself that in the next week, I feel so off, my body reacts so poorly, that there really is no joy in yeah. me bringing it in. Whereas something like a little bit of dairy or some whipped cream, love me some whipped cream on a pumpkin pie. <laughs> not going to eat that crust, but I'll eat the goo. And I know that my mom's making the goo without gluten, so we're good there for the center of the pie. Whipped cream? My joints get kind of achy the next day. Is that kind of a something that I want to manage and I'm okay with because I love my my love for whipped cream is so deep and beautiful. <laughs> and yeah, cool. You make whipped cream out of coconut milk, you know. I know, but it's not the same <laughs> yeah. for me. It's not the same. It no. doesn't fulfill the same dreams. That there's yeah. a specific mouthfeel of whipped cream that yeah. is just my holy angel baby. So. Yeah, I'm 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 coming from the perspective of like. I don't, I'm not going to drink at this holiday, and this yeah. is the first holiday where I'm not going to imbibe in any alcohol. Like, I haven't had booze since, well, for a while now, for many months, and it's been great. And I'm not going to start drinking beer all of a sudden just because it's Thanksgiving or something, because my family drinks, because my family drinks a lot. Yeah. 
and they're gonna offer me lots of drinks, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take, I'm not gonna do it. Right. And I don't want to okay. do it. Yep. I know it's gonna make me feel like shit. I just don't want to do it. I don't need to go that route. That's awesome. But like, give me a pecan pie, I will eat it. Totally. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, what are what are the pros and cons for you? Where can you find your balance? And think about it now instead of day of when you're gonna have a ton of other things on your mind. Right. You have to run the extra errand or like clean up this room that someone else. What you know, whatever things are gonna come up the day of. Uh, hot tip number four: Don't treat your workouts as punishment. Treat <sighs> them as an opportunity to create balance. Preach. Therefore, uh, workout like working out by itself does not make you skinnier. It doesn't make you better as a person. Doesn't make you uh, like more virtuous. Okay, <laughs> if you are using it to punish yourself, it's not going to achieve what you want it to. But it can make you a better person because it helps you keep your sanity. It can make you uh, lose weight because it makes you feel more comfortable about making food choices and because your like depression is lower and your ability to manage your life is a little bit better. But if you treat it like a punishment and you don't treat it like as an opportunity, you're going to make yourself insane. And you're gonna and you're gonna constantly disappoint yourself. Mm-hmm. So there's no there's no reason to do that. Right. Like if you do a six minute workout, like you meant it to be fifteen, and then you only got through six minutes, and you were like, I'm done, or something got in the way. That's okay. You're not any less able to eat pecan pie later that night than you would be if you had done a two hour workout. Right. Like it's not about that. It's not about how much can you torture yourself to earn. Quote, unquote, earn your food or earn your relaxation. Yeah, it's not input and output. Mm -mm. Yeah. I always, as much as I was just saying before, like, you get to treat yourself as an adult, especially, like, around boundaries, right? And that being with family can kind of turn things on their heads from you, not feeling like an adult. I also feel like at the same time, like, if you were to take a step back and notice maybe what you were doing to yourself kind of with, like, in that um, punishment cycle, what happens if you were to, like, expect the same thing from a little kid right yeah. like if that little kid had a big glorious thanksgiving and then the next day you're like well you suck you better go like work off what you just put in because you're bad mm-hmm. would we really do that to a little kid no we might say hey man you have a bunch of extra energy why don't you go play outside and go right. like get some deep breaths and move your body because that's more um appropriate for yeah. what, what for the signals that are now changed because of this bigger meal or you know whatever input you can put in. Right. So. Exactly. You would never if a, if a kid was saying, "Can I have another helping of whatever all the Thanksgiving food?" Yeah. You wouldn't say like, "No, you're too fat." <laughs> but and that's the kind of things you say to yourself. And I mean, maybe you were trained. Maybe people did say that to you. Adults mm-hmm. said that to you. I think I'm someone who's had those experiences historically. Mm-hmm. But now with all the cool, beautiful knowledge that you have, would you want to keep perpetuating that cycle? No, you get to break it. So if yeah. you don't want to do that to a kid, you don't have to do it to yourself. Because if you're doing it to yourself, you're still perpetuating that. Yeah, and here's the trick with family cycle. is that, it you know, generation by generation, we, we – each have our own bad habits that we pick up, but a lot has changed in terms of the way we view food, the way we view bodies, the way we view eating and exercise. And like our parents' generation, you know, or my, I should say my parents' generation, people who are in their 60s or 70s, those folks are still lingering in this very different understanding of food. Um, some of them have moved forward with the rest of us, but, uh, you know, they grew up in a time when 
like food was changing over to like uh, microwavable dinners and low fat products and uh, diet foods and a lot of body shaming that was meant to be carried on to your kids. And now as adults, we're all harboring some of that body shaming stuff still inside of ourselves and trying not to pass it on to the next generation. So you're at a table with three of those generations sitting next to each other. There's going to be some mixed, you know, signals crossing. It's your choice how you get to, you know, what signals you give yourself. It's it's your choice. Yeah. If you want to body shame yourself at the table, that's your opportunity to do it. If you want to give yourself some positive talk, that's an opportunity to do it. Right. You have that control. Right. Totally. Um, yeah, I guess uh, <laughs> that really ties into my final <laughs> my final idea slash tip slash whatever. Um, recognize that your choices are controlled by you. So if you're drawn to a certain choice that quote-unquote misaligns with your chosen framework during this time or during like your general structure, general day-to-day life, then that is you telling yourself something that's important to note and not important to judge, right? So kind of recognizing what's coming in without judgment. Think about working from a place of integration and joining with your body instead of um or like in opposition to kind of compartmentalizing and disassociating with your body Mm -hmm. because i think that disassociation can happen too where you're you might be really overstimulated by something like a family meal especially if there might be that extra level of toxicity or just really old um uh, ways of navigating relationships that you have taken yourself out of historically what can you do to help bring yourself back into the present moment so that you're feeling good? Mm-hmm. That's that. And you're in control. So just like you were saying, if there's a victim mode thing that comes up, this could be a really cool and a really ripe time to recognize if you are the one who's putting yourself into victim mode. Because likely, I think, with that whole diet culture, that's what's happening. That we're choosing to engage and we're choosing to stay victims. Mm-hmm. And it's really tough to recognize that and be like, oh, yeah, this little teeny tiny action that I didn't even know I was engaging in is completely keeping me in a victim mode. Yeah. And by being in that victim mode, we're probably also continuing some sort of control that we're looking for over other people. Yeah, and absolutely. And that's just absolutely that is part of a culture that is, like, just so not fun and mm-hmm. not what the holidays are about. And, like, the commenting on your own food choices, people commenting on your food choices, commenting on each other's food choices, it's all just so heartbreaking to witness and to be experiencing, you know? I I personally come from a place where I feel like frequently people are like, oh, what are you eating now? Can you eat that? And my response used to be to like, I think, get into a complicated sort of like, well, you know, normally I don't, but like it's Thanksgiving, so I'm just going to, and my response now is just like, yep, I'm going for it, you know, today, yeah. Like, feeling good. Yeah. And just making those choices based on what you want. And then people actually just, like, stop. They, they stop asking. They really do. People like to ask you or talk about your food because they they are trying to share with you. And even though it might come across as strange sometimes and even, like, judgmental, most of the time it comes from the same place of this desire to share, this desire to feel like their choices are good because your choices were good and they were the similar choices or like their choices were good because they were opposite of yours like they, it's all the same idea it's validation yeah so if you just say like I'm good everything's great you know a lot of times it all just stops in his tracks because yeah. there's nowhere else for it to go and also too I want to throw in there as someone who talks about nutrition from like more of like a professional like it's what you're doing during the job or with fitness too 
going back to those boundaries, if someone is asking about like nutrition or fitness or wellness advice during this time where it's your time off, Mm -hmm. it's okay to really say, hey, I'm kind of setting aside my brain for that right now because I'm off duty. Yeah. So like we can talk about food because we both love these persimmons or like whatever's happening, but anything that gets deeper than that now isn't the time. Yeah, please don't ask me about fitness, like, when I'm eating Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, and, and again, I think a lot of times those questions or dialogues come up from a place of trying to connect yeah. or be validated, like, oh my god, that's the dairy-free whipped cream, oh, I'm eating that too, and blah, 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 when people might not be recognizing that if you're so kind of steeped in that world, that could actually feel like you're coming back to your job yeah. during your time off, and exactly. it can be kind of nuanced with that, but Yeah. Do you have your last tip? Yeah, my last tip we actually kind of already touched on, but um, which which is find a time to do something active with someone in your family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever that is. If, if it means just playing outside for a little bit, if it means your family is your dog and you take your dog for a walk, like yeah. that's my plan is yeah. to just leave the house and go take the dog for a walk. Um, if that means you meet up with a friend somewhere and you guys do something physical for a little while, just to kind of get yourself more centered in your body, um, that's a really nice way to kind of bring yourself back to the present moment experience particularly because like so much of us I think have trauma around our families and around the holidays in particular um that finding ways to continually reconnect with your body and find out like okay how am I feeling in here despite whatever's happening around me um you know can I check in with this and giving yourself a physical activity that's outside the house or like you know, something that's not the traditional workout can be a really nice way to do that. Yeah. And particularly if you view it as one of your planned times. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going for a walk from 11 to 12, and no one can come with me because it's me and the dog, and we're <laughs> going up to this uh, certain path, and you already have a plan set out for yourself. Um, that can be a really nice way to reconnect, settle in, and then go back to this place that might be bringing up some issues for you. Right. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. I just assume everyone's family life is traumatic. <laughs> is that a bad assumption? <laughs> no. It's fine. Um, it's so fine. Should we yeah, answer let's, some questions? Let's answer some questions. Cool. We've, we asked the groups, like, what do you think? Uh, what are some questions that you have? And we got a lot of different ones. Some of them we've already answered. Oh, here's a great one. Morgan asked, is it true that booze in eggnog reverses any potential adverse effects? of the raw eggs <laughs> like that's a great question for our epidemiologist friend yeah Marika. Marika, i feel like Marika should answer that because i don't know i mean okay alcohol is going to kill germs yeah so potentially sure i have no idea if the amount of alcohol within a certain eggnog recipe would be able to affect that change right. i will say the recipe for eggnog in the joy of cooking <laughs> There is so much booze in that. We tried making... I come from a family where we didn't... My dad doesn't drink, and my mom drinks on special occasions, basically. But So I'm coming from a background of, like, less drinking. But we tried making that once when I was, like, 15. And I remember we were, like, pouring, and it was the raw eggs and, the sh- like, the powdered sugar and or just uh, classic sugar and it melting, all that. It was, like, cup upon cup upon cup upon cup. It was more alcohol than egg <laughs> or sugar or anything or cream. Um, so maybe with that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this, but uh, I do know that frequently bars will make drinks that have, that are like boozy with an egg white whip on top. So, you know, Morgan, 
Go for it. It also really depends you do on... You Yeah, and I think Morgan knows this too, but it depends on the person's comfort level with raw eggs. So are those eggs coming from a quality source? Were they... Were the outside washed? Was it not washed? Are you comfortable cracking that and knowing that whatever is on the outside of the shell might get into the, the white? Right. Maybe. Is it like a pasteurized kind you bought from the store? You're probably fine. Yep, or maybe you're not. Like, uh, I mean, eggnog in a container. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I think this is very... Not the kind you make yourself. No, yeah. I think this is, uh, yeah, kind of geared towards... Home-based. Home-brew. Home-brew. Some would say. Um, okay, someone else says... Oh, yeah, we answered this question already, but just to reemphasize it. No, um, when you know you're going to a party or dinner and you will be eating a lot, is it better to eat less during the day before you go or keep the day mostly as normal as possible? I think we basically said keep it mostly as normal as possible. If your normal means that you fast in the morning, then keep to that. Maybe that's not the day where you have a big-ass breakfast. If you tend to have a nice breakfast that includes some vegetables and has some good proteins and fats in there, and that's a breakfast that you like to lean on to feel good during your normal week, lean on that, my friend. Yes, definitely. Cool. Next. Centering slash de-stressing strategies, especially due to all the food, overeating, shame, and guilt cycles. Family members who still support Ugh, I didn't realize this would be so triggering. That's what this person said. Um, so, yeah, this is, that's a lot of what we talked about. It is. pretty I, much sums up what we talked about, actually. Yeah, I love that. I love that question slash comment. Yeah. <laughs> it's more of a comment than a question. Just like, oh, I can't believe I have to deal with this soon. Yeah. And maybe finding, again, maybe this is the time, the few days before the holiday season really kicks off with Thanksgiving for a lot of people. Um, what is a tool that you can use? Do you have, like, a meditation app that you like? Mm-hmm. Do you like... Um, Again, knowing that you could have a five minutes to go outside and then that's really grounding for you. Yeah. Do you like knowing that if you take 10 deep breaths, you feel like your your eyesight clears up and that feels really grounding for you? Yeah. It's going to depend so much, but recognizing that I think a lot of these people who are asking questions, they already have really great tools yeah, in their probably. tool belts. So it's just remembering it's okay for me to grab that tool and use it. This is the time to be using that tool. Yeah. Um, fitness strategies when you're away from the gym and the people who are around you do not do fitness. So this is kind of what I was saying, like set, set up your plan because it's your plan and you get to dictate your time. Um, set up your plan ahead of time, uh, let, alert your family to it. But then another thing about it is do not shame them for not doing it. Yeah. In fact, like don't even invite them. And if they want to come and they, uh, they ask if they can, absolutely. But you can definitely say, I'm going to do X, Y, Z at these times and like I'm going not even a question I'm going um and then don't if they say something like this happens to me so often like probably every day someone says something about how guilty they feel about the fact that they don't work out enough when they're around me and I just want to like throw the room (laughs) apart totally I'm like stop (laughs) fucking doing that like I don't care there's no comparison (laughs) yes there's no point in you comparing yourself to me right now because Number one, you don't know where I'm coming com- coming from today. Like, you don't know. I might have not have worked out for four days because I felt like garbage and I'm really, like, in my head about that. And all you're, all you're thinking about telling it, me it is how triggering. guilty you feel. It can be triggering yeah. for the person that you might be putting, in essence, on a pedestal. Yeah. But also, on top of that, like, I'm just a normal person. We all so, are. So <laughs> if your family, try, or if the people around you try to do that where they say, like, oh, you make me feel so guilty when you go do that, you just shut it down. Just shut it down. Comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah, you can say a lot of things. You could say, uh, I don't like when you say that about yourself. That makes me feel bad. It's setting boundaries, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or you can say, okay, well, see you later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Um, or you can just keep moving through at the subject. But you, like, don't worry. If no one else does it, no big deal. You still got you. Totally. That's your thing. Totally. I'm like, yeah, never mind. I'll stop right there. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say, I, I spend a lot of time with people in my family who don't like to work out. And that is so fine. Right? Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. They probably do stuff that you don't like to do. And that's, I think, how family goes. Is that yeah. everyone has their own unique unique lives yes and then they all come together in a really tiny hot room yep <laughs> um okay next question or statement in, in capital letters <laughs> how do you survive toxic family hopefully with some of the strategies that we just spoke about therapy helps yeah also okay no that's a great point is thinking about what can i do before this basically month and a half how can i set myself up through the year because this time of the year, especially in Minnesota, too, when people are feeling quite a bit of seasonal affective and they're really being affected by the darkness outside and feeling like they can't really get outside to build up vitamin D stores when it is sunny for like two hours every day, what can you do to set yourself up? Therapy. Right. Like, does it therapy? Does therapy. it help to have your happy light for mm-hmm. like five days going into it to, mm-hmm. to really tune in? your food to make it all stuff that nourishes you before you go do you see your general practitioner and ask for a general blood plant wow general blood panel (laughs) yeah before the holidays so that you can check out those vitamin d levels and see if you need the happy light or vitamin d drops or something that you can be chipping away at before the big big stressors of family events where that's just going to feel completely overwhelming and like it can't be part of your schedule and then straight up just Boundaries, boundaries, no one can cross them and no one can guilt you for having them. If you go to your family, whatever, dinner, and it starts at 5 and you have told them you're leaving at 7, you're leaving at 7. Even, I don't care, you got to go. Right. You have somewhere to be. Take your own car, make sure you get there and you can leave on your own. And respecting and supporting other people's boundaries. Yes. Because they might bring up boundaries that make you uncomfortable yeah. or that devalidate what you're trying to do or, yeah, just kind of trigger you in your own way. That's okay. That's probably going to happen. And that's really healthy to recognize those and also say, all right, you can do what you want and I can do what I want. And we're both kind of better for it. And maybe uh, if you, if it's possible, find a person, your person, maybe it's your partner or maybe it's like a person that you know will be that that you tend to connect with and connect with them beforehand and say like, hey, these are some things that tend to come up. Like if I'm going to go see my family and Josh is coming with, he knows like the things that might come up for me there. And we have worked out some strategies. If I'm feeling those ways, I can, like, literally send him a a physical signal. And then he knows, like, we'll go take a second away. And he knows the right things to say to kind of get me back where I need to be. Mm -hmm. So if you have a person, even if it's, like, your sibling or your cousin or someone who you can connect with ahead of time and just say, I'm probably going to freak out on mom this year. Like, will you help me? Yeah. (laughs) Like, do that. Do that ahead of time. Right. Yeah. Um. Tips on moving your body after eating more than usual. Let's face it, I'm going to eat more pie than is socially acceptable. Yeah. I would say there's no limit on eating pie. Um, eat a whole pie or two pies or do what's <laughs> best for you. And again, everything that we spoke about before. But feel, also, feel like, like I wouldn't do it right afterwards. I think sometimes people put pressure on themselves to true. work out immediately afterwards. But remember that your body goes through, you know, has two different modes it can be in rest and digest or that fight or flight and if you're going to be doing like a heavy workout or you want to really engage in your workout you shouldn't be in rest and digest while you're doing it Mm -hmm. so if you eat a bunch of pie or you have a big meal just like lay down like go ahead and nap go ahead and just chill even if that means for the remainder of the night like you just relax then wake up in the morning when you're in a 
a mode where some of that food has had the opportunity to digest and break down and go kill it because like you're going to be so powerful. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Um, okay. Those are questions on one page. Yeah. We have a whole nother page. (laughs) Uh, okay. Let's see what else we got here. Um, someone said, what is self-control and how does I, how does I use it? Um, (laughs) Yeah, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing whatever you're doing right now is the right thing. Keep validating yourself, and I think this is also part of maybe like it, this is just a silly question, and I get that, but like if you're feeling really unbalanced, recognize what would be most useful for you, and come like come out of some of that victim mode. Yep. Or if you're feeling like it's just like that's too much for you, then that support network can I think be really key then. Yeah. Um, all right, next question. When everyone is saying, just try this one thing, it's not time to worry about calories, what are some good strategies to deflect and maintain boundaries? <laughs> hey, what do you know? That's coming up again. Um, I usually just say, no thanks. And then, you know, people try to pile it on, and you can be like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Um, or, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not really going to have any of that this year. Uh, and if they tell you it's about calories, you're welcome to say whatever it's actually about. Like, no, thanks. I'm just not interested. Yeah. Or like, ah, I'm good. I have plenty. Saying no is not part of our culture. Yeah, it's really not. It's really not. Particularly family culture. Yeah. Like, you know, it's easier with your friends to say like, oh, no, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, but with your family, it's really hard, you, particularly your parents, because they're like trying to still sort of raise you all the time. <laughs> um, and they're like, eat this or sure. don't eat that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No, saying no can be healing. Yeah. I think no, because it is a negative, always has a negative connotation that goes along with it. That if you're saying no, you're cutting someone down or right. you're shutting off communication. You're just rerouting and renavigating communication. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, next question. What are some examples of <laughs> suppies, <laughs> a.k.a. supplements? <laughs> Slash enzymes to help bolster the bod plus alleviate symptoms when the inevitable seasonal imbibement occurs. Poop emoji, croissant emoji, turkey leg emoji, cookie emoji, pill emoji. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I spoke about digestive enzymes, looking for a blend that's going to have enzymes that help with fat, carbohydrate, and protein breakdown. Um they should be pretty clear about that. So if you want resources, I could put that into the show notes if that's helpful. Um, Digestive enzymes are going to be big. If you don't want to do supplements, taking something like a shot of apple cider vinegar before a big meal can also help stimulate gastric juices. Um, If you are into the supplements, then another thing that can help that is called betaine HCL, but there's some contraindications to taking that supplement, especially if you have a history of some um, conditions. So do your own research, always, my God, please. Um, But betaine HCL, digestive enzymes... Uh, bitters. Maybe this is a time where you have some yeah. Swedish bitters or bitters that you like in some sparkling water and you sip on that before the meal. Again, that helps to wake up the stomach because of that bitter taste that helps you salivate. So then when you are eating, you're mixing that food with saliva, starting that um, helpful initial breakdown. 
So that's what I'd be looking at. Um, if you feel like you ate a food that really doesn't agree with you, let's say you got glutened or you got dairied and it was kind of unintentional and those are like one of your biggies or, you know, fill in the blank there, um, having some activated charcoal to take on hand can be helpful. That activated charcoal can bind with proteins while they're in the digestive system and help pull them through the body so that you don't digest them. Um, I know different like clinics and I think even hospitals will use charcoal if someone's having like an allergic reaction. Obviously, that's very different. Yeah. EpiPen, do again, seek medical attention for that, please. But if there's more of like a general intolerance, often it's because of that protein in the food. So if you can take activated charcoal and help pull it away, that hopefully can mitigate some of those more intense symptoms. Yeah. That's great. That's very helpful. And just drink water, too. That really helps. Yeah, drink water. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> put some lemon in that water. Ooh, squeeze a little lemmy. Yeah. And those bitters. Yum. Yeah. So uh, that's a lot. I mean, I think a lot of the, what all kind of comes down to is that the, like, the food you're eating, the exercise you're doing or not doing, the family that you're with does not get to control you. You control how you deal with all of it. Mm-hmm. It's your choice. The holidays are not thrust upon you. You choose to participate in them because there is some joy that they bring. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to choose to participate in them, do it your way. That's cool. Do it your way. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of joyful holidays, um, our producer, Taj Ruler, is like the cranberry relish of Thanksgiving dinner. I'm so glad you said that. Because I'm always scared with these outros that you're going to be like, Lucia, you do it. Yeah. So sometimes I'm like, I'll think of one. And I was thinking Taj is like cranberry. Yeah, cranberry oh, relish. Yeah. And I'm not talking about canned cranberry relish. I don't know. I'm talking about homemade cranberry relish with orange zest. Fresh. So good. And it's like kind of spicy and a little bit hurts your tongue. I love mm-hmm. it so much. But you just, it's like the perfect condiment that yep. goes with everything else. That's right. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for tuning in on this app. Uh, we are going to be off next week yep so you won't hear an episode from us because it actually will be thanksgiving because we will be putting our survival guide <laughs> into work um but then we'll back be back again after that and for the rest of december sweet we'll cool. see you then enjoy your holidays peeps bye bye the you have a body podcast is produced by me taj ruler subscribe on itunes stitcher or visit noisepicnic.com for full episode information Join in on the conversation at facebook.com slash youhaveabodypodcast. Tweet at us at youhaveabody or find us on Instagram at youhaveabodypodcast. Let us know what's going on with you because guess what? You have a body.